It's an unprecedented year for baseball. Nothing's familiar. A shorter season, no crowds. And now a neutral site World Series for the first time ever. L.A. versus Tampa Bay in Texas. At least fans will be in the stands. The Dodgers and the Rays began the Fall Classic last night, Game 2 this evening. But due to COVID, they're playing at the Texas Rangers' new stadium. Last time the L.A. Lakers and the Dodgers won a championship in the same year, 1988. Rays looking to capture their first ever with only their second appearance. Last night, Dodger Stadium charged 75 bucks a car to sit in the parking lot and watch the game on a big screen. Me? I'll tune in at home, hoping to see some good baseball. Like the crack of a bat, the Lord will return. On that day, the glory of champions will fade. And Christ, our champion over death, will eternally reign in all glory. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series called King of Kings. I'm glad sports have figured out a way to continue in these strange times. It's good to enjoy a game or two in our leisure time. But we also need to be on guard. We've had more leisure time than ever, with less gatherings happening. More time to focus on not just sports, movies, and TV, but more time than ever to take in the 24-hour news feed. And that could really do us harm. It can increase our anxiety and depression. We need to remind ourselves about what is real. We all need to remember that Jesus is still on his throne. And we need to fix our eyes on him and his kingdom, to seek his kingdom and his righteousness above all other things. That's what we've been doing this week, and we'll continue to do that today. Christ's kingdom is not of this world. And someday, all of the kingdoms of this world will fade away as the kingdom of God comes forever to our world. And Christ will make all things new. In a moment, we're going to look at what Jesus had to say about his coming kingdom to people of little faith like you and me, and I know they will encourage your faith in him today. His words will also lift our spirits and point our eyes to him. So let's begin our time together with Tommy Bailey and the Gettys and their song, God, the Uncreated King Forever.
singing with the Gettys. It's a single called God the Uncreated One and King Forever here in A Haven Today. And I'm Charles Morris. King of Kings is what we're calling this program. In just a moment, we're going to hear the words of Jesus, words to people of little faith, but people who still had faith. I think they're words we all need to hear right now. But I want to thank Linda in New York, who recently made a generous gift to the ministry, and she asked for the double DVD set of The Chosen TV show season one. She told us she's looking forward to sharing the show with others to share with them her Jesus. How encouraging to hear, Linda. Thanks for your note. What about you? Have you seen all eight episodes of the first season yet? If not, you're in for a treat. There's never been a show like this where you see what people were like before they met Jesus back in first century Palestine. What was Peter the fisherman like in his day-to-day life? How did Matthew deal with being a hated tax collector just there on the edge of Capernaum? What was it like for Mary Magdalene before her demons were cast out by her Lord? These are stories that Dallas Jenkins wanted to tell so we could better understand the great story that's all about Jesus. So when we caught up with Dallas Jenkins recently, he shared with us that the concept for this TV series came from a short film he made a few years ago at Christmas time, looking at the lives of the shepherds who met Jesus the night he was born. While I was making it, I realized, you know, there's, there's been movies and miniseries about the life of Christ, but there's never actually been a multi-season show where you can really dig into the stories and into the details even more than you can when you're doing a movie and you're just going quickly from miracle to miracle and Bible verse to Bible verse. 
And so many people, when they saw the short, were so moved by seeing the birth of Christ through, uh, through the eyes of, of those who actually met him. Mm-hmm. And when you see a movie, oftentimes Jesus is the main character and you're not really able to connect with the people around him. And so I just thought that was a really interesting possibility. And that short film, very long story short, ended up being the catalyst for and the fundraiser for this, this uh, season one of, of what turned out to be The Chosen. The creator of the TV show called The Chosen, Dallas Jenkins. And after this program today, I want to send you the two DVD set for your gift to the ministry. Not only does it have the first eight episodes, but there's a bonus. It has the Shepherd short film that we just heard about. I know you and people around you will not only enjoy this series, but will be surprised to find your story in the lives of those who Jesus called to himself way back then. It's a unique and fresh way to see and love the gospel of Jesus Christ. So just call us after the program at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or even better, visit our website. Watch some of the chosen we put up for you and then make your gift and ask for the DVD collection. You can do that right after this program at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Our world today is a very different one than it was in the first century. Even so, sometimes our experience with Jesus is so similar to the early disciples' experience of him that the stories in the Gospels leap off the page. We're turning to a passage now that does that for me as we continue in this series, King of Kings. We need reminding that Jesus is still on his throne. With a highly contentious election season in the U.S. and international crises of every kind dominating headlines, our faith needs to be firmly fixed on you-know-who and his kingdom. And that's what he tells us in the Sermon on the Mount— to seek his kingdom and righteousness first. What an encouragement that his kingdom is not of this world. We know what the kingdoms of this world look like. They're filled with corruption, but someday they'll all give way. They'll pass away to become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. But until that day, we have a lot to learn about Jesus, the king. We especially need reteaching every day, that all authority has been given to him. That's right, all authority. That's what he told us in Matthew 28. Wherever authority is found in heaven or on earth, it all comes from him. So I want us to look at a familiar passage in Matthew 8, verses 23 to 27. That's when Jesus calmed the storm. Our Lord and his disciples were ministering along the north side of the Sea of Galilee. And here we read of an amazing display of Jesus' authority. Jesus got into the boat. His disciples followed him. Suddenly, and this happens if you've ever been to the Holy Land or been with me, you've seen how storms could come up. A furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves were sweeping over the boat, and Jesus was sound asleep. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us! We're going to drown! And he very mildly replied, You have little faith. 
Why are you so afraid? And then he stood up, and amazingly, he rebuked the winds and the waves. And you know the answer. You know what happened. It was completely calm. Those disciples, were told in verse 27, were amazed. And they asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So here was the Messiah, with authority even over nature. That's the lesson the disciples learned the hard way there that night on the Sea of Galilee. And if we are honest, our experience with Jesus is not much different than what we find here. In the chapters that come just before the one we just read from, Jesus had just begun his public ministry. He was traveling, preaching, teaching, healing. In Matthew 5 through 7, he preaches the Sermon on the Mount, and the disciples are amazed at what they hear. What's more, this rabbi worked miracles. He heals the sick and casts out demons. What's not to like? But then comes that moment that must have seemed like a change of tune to the disciples. Jesus telling a would-be disciple that following him means leaving everything behind. And if the disciples were able to make it past this hard teaching, another test was just around the corner. There they were, in a fishing boat, on the Sea of Galilee with their rabbi. And this furious storm shows up, threatening their very lives. What was it like for you when you first met Jesus? Were you amazed at his teaching? Maybe you praised him for saving you from an illness or some terrible habit, but then it felt like the fire died. And in its place, one test of faith after another. At the very center of this story, Jesus puts the question to the disciples, and it's directed to us today as well. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? There's so much to learn from that little question. So I want us to focus on a few things. First, I want you to notice that even though their faith is, quotation marks, little, it's still real. By the end of this passage, Christ does indeed save them from perishing. When the storm comes, they're afraid, true. But even in their fear, they have confidence that their rabbi is able to do something about it. So they cry out to him, Lord, save us. Although they're troubled, and they're doubting their faith was in the only one with the authority to deliver them. And that made all the difference. Now hear me out on this point. Our faith does need to grow. In the same chapter, Jesus praised the centurion. He said, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. But ask yourself this question. How do you know when your faith is strong enough? Does it need to be 10% stronger? For Jesus to save you? What about 50% stronger or maybe even more? The truth is that even a weak faith, a little faith, grants us access to the all-powerful Savior. Don't turn your eyes inward. You'll only see a faith that needs a lot of work. You'll see fear. You'll find doubt. Instead, look up. Look to Christ. It's not about the strength of our embrace of him, but about the strength of his embrace of us. He will never leave you nor forsake you. But second, notice what causes their faith to waver for just a moment. It was creation itself. They had seen Jesus teach. 
They had watched him heal, but once the waves began to sweep into the boat, it crosses their minds that Mother Nature might just be a suitable rival. The Sea of Galilee was subject, still is, to these kinds of sudden rainstorms, and the disciples knew how life-threatening their situation had become. No one can stand against the power of nature. The disciples find themselves awestruck that Jesus not only challenges that storm, he rebuked it altogether. If you think about it, this is an unexpected description of the action that Jesus takes. Why not just say that he commanded the wind and the waves to stop? Well, the gospel writer Matthew wants us to think of another time when the sea was rebuked. And that's exactly what we find in Psalm 106. Let me read it to you. The Lord saved them for his name's sake, to make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it dried up. In other words, the one who had been sleeping in the boat just moments before now stood up, opened his mouth, rebuked the sea, just as the Lord Almighty had done for the Israelites so many years before. The same authority was on display because the man in the boat with his disciples was God himself. They asked, what kind of man is this? Only the God man has authority over nature, over all creation, so that the Israelites could walk across dry land and so that these disciples could be settled in their faith once again. He used his authority to help us know his power to save. The Israelites were stuck on those shores. They were as good as dead. Egypt's army was was right at their behind, but the Lord rebuked the water and saved them. No less did Jesus save the disciples. And if he has authority over all creation, then he certainly has authority to save you. He's demonstrated it in the greatest of all miracles, rising in victory, from the dead. Today, we certainly face threats from nature. Hurricanes, tornadoes, wildfires, they happen every year. In the United States, presidential candidates are debating the merits of battling climate change. Some would have us cower in fear at these threats and claim that only we can stop them. Certainly, we ought to care for the world that God has given us to tend. But followers of Jesus know that the wind and the waves are at his beck and call. Through him they were created, but by his power they come and go. He was there at the beginning. He'll be there when this creation fades away and is remade into the new heavens and the new earth. If that's your Savior, don't you think he has the authority to deliver you in your times of need? Whether an actual natural disaster is the hardship you're facing, or your life just looks like a tornado hit it, the Messiah is with you always. He'll lead you through, either in this life or in the life to come. If your faith feels small today, hang on to Jesus. All authority belongs to him. He's the King of Kings, and he's on your side. Crown him with many crowns The Lamb upon His throne Hark how the heavenly anthem 
Two great singers getting together, Chris Tomlin and Carrie Job, with Crown Him, Majesty, here on Haven Today in a program called King of Kings. I want to say thank you to everyone who's been supporting this ministry by making a gift and asking for a copy of The Chosen TV series, Season 1. There's people like Dorothy in North Carolina. She made a gift to help us keep sharing the great story, and she said she was excited to watch The Chosen Episode 1 DVDs that we're sending her. Dorothy, I know you and your family will enjoy this. This series is special. It's something my wife and I have enjoyed together, and I really want everyone to see it as well. You can watch the story of Jesus in a fresh and vibrant way through the eyes of people whose lives had been transformed by him. People like Nicodemus, Peter, Mary. Who were they? What were they like before they met their Lord and Savior? As you watch all eight episodes of The Chosen, you and your family or anyone else you can lasso to watch it with you or loan it to will see your lives in the lives of those around Jesus and find a deeper appreciation of how the gospel transforms our lives. So for your gift to this listener-supported ministry, I want to send you right away the DVD collection, The Chosen, Season 1. Just call us right now at 800 654 2836 haven or go watch some of the excerpts we've put up when you come to our website. And after you've done that, make your gift, give us your address, we'll get it on its way to you right away. That web address is haventoday.org. H-A-V-E-N-T-O-D-A-Y, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? But again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What motivates love? Is it always altruistic or do we sometimes love because of what we get back? I think, if we're honest, the latter is often the case. But that doesn't make it shallow. Sometimes the things we get back are laughter, joy, companionship, a sense of purpose, and those are good things. Some of them even help motivate our love for God. But the Bible gives us the best reason of all to love Him. In Revelation 5, the angels cry out before the throne, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and praise. We can love God and worship Him because He's worthy. You can get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.